What's up? <laughs> hey, Ben. How you doing, man? I heard Dr. Sammons. Is, is Dr. Sammons with us tonight? Yeah, Dr. Sammons is with us. And, and uh, I was telling everybody we did a, a phenomenal uh, episode with her, and uh, specifically about herbal medicines for uh for a covid protocol um so you guys should definitely check that out a lot of the questions that we get on this show are around um natural stuff um like herbals um so we get pretty deep um in in, in that episode so you you Thank probably God have a, dr sam is just here tonight i know right i get a lot of questions about herbs i've never heard of i'm <laughs> sure she'll know them she will definitely know them <laughs> Um, okay, I'm seeing Gina's uh, question. Thank you for that. Nola, thank you uh, for, for your questions here. Uh, we're going to jump in. Uh, as, people, um, as people join, we're going to jump into the questions that came out uh, or came to us through the week. Again, if you don't want your uh, question in the comments, you can always email uh, us at info at performancemedicine.net or uh, simply ben at performancemedicine.net. And it's not simply ben. It's just called – it's just ben – um, at performancemedicine.net. Um, I'm going to put this one up. Um, so what do you know slash think about NAD injections and peptide injections? Um, I haven't done any NAD injections at this point. Um, I don't know where I could get them. Um, we use a lot of NAD plus orally, but peptide injections, we use a ton of them. Of course, probably the most common one would be um, Samorlin, Ipamorlin, Tessamorlin, you know, <laughs> peptide is, um, really a string of amino acids that act like a hormone, really they act like a signaler. For, for example, Samorlin, which is the most common peptide injection that we actually prescribe, uh, turns on your own growth hormone. So growth hormone is, it's kind of like a repair hormone. Testosterone is an anabolic steroid. Um, growth hormone is a more of a repair hormone. Um, and of course you can't in Tennessee use growth hormone, uh, but, um, you can use peptides plus growth hormone is so expensive. Nobody could afford it. Um, it's a good hormone, but it has side effects as well. Mm -hmm. Um, like, um, it can bump your sugars up. It can cause carpal tunnel. Um, it can definitely, um, change the shape of your face if you used it long term. Um, but you know, with the square jaw, the protruding mandible, bossing the, the frontal, um, <clears throat> bone in your skull, but you know, in, in reasonable doses, it's probably okay, but you just, you can't use it here. So, um, what Samorlin or Ipamorlin or Tessamorlin do is turn on your own growth hormone. It's affordable. It works better by injection. Um, sometimes we have used um, uh, sublingual forms that the injections certainly work better. There's BPC-157. There's all kinds of peptides out there. And there's actually, uh, for, there's, for there's actually different uh, delivery methods of peptides as well, right? Well, you know, subcutaneous shots are the most common. But okay. We've used some sublingual things too as well. But uh, so, you know, so just call the officer, come in, and we'll see what your needs are. Uh, it, it, have you heard we of? We also, of course, use the. 
Go use ahead. the IV, um, glutathione, and, and things like that. Yeah, I, I haven't used the NAD injections. You know, we use NAD as a supplement, um, but uh, it's a great supplement, especially for energy. Um, but uh, I haven't I haven't used the injections yet. I'm sure they're available though. All right, I'm going to get to. A uh, question that came from Instagram. Uh, the question is, uh, thoughts on sourdough bread? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, that's really the only type of bread I like to eat because it's um, it just usually doesn't have glutens in it um, and doesn't have yeast in it. So I think it's a safer type bread to, to eat for your digestive system. still has carbs, but... Um, you know, Mark's mom certainly sends a lot of sourdough bread our way, and mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I love sourdough bread. Do you, you have to choose one kind of bread to eat, it'd be sourdough for me. Why Why um, is that a little easier on the stomach? Because it tastes, it tastes good. Um, because it doesn't have glutens in it, it doesn't have uh, yeast in it. Okay. Um, so, uh, it's just digested better and... Um, it doesn't raise your sugar as much either. You know, when I wore my um, Freestyle Libre continuous glucose monitor, it didn't seem to bump my sugars up much, just like honey did not either. That is interesting. But, um, yeah. Um, speaking of sugar, uh, this next question is, is there a vitamin or something that can stop sugar cravings? Um, of course, I like uh, berberine um, a lot. I'm sure Dr. Sammons has some great ones that could do that. Um, I also like, um, let's see, what are some of the other ones that I like? Um, I like cinnamon. Uh, that'll cut down your cravings and certainly good on your blood sugars. Um, chromium picolate is good for that. Uh, alpha lipoic acid or are good um but those are some of the things that i'll use um and you, you, the other thing too if you cut out your sugars you won't crave them you know you, you just won't crave them if you cut them out you start eating them you start craving them again um it's like a trigger all right um trigger. we got uh there's a three-part question here about covid um, so this is about a, oh shoot, that's not the, it's the second part. Uh, my, ho my husband had COVID in August and since then everything tastes horrible and now things are beginning to smell horrible as well. Second part is he has lost over 60 pounds, is always cold and just recently has been sleeping excessively and has a low grade fever. Um, the question is, his doctor has sent him numerous scans and blood work, but everything coming back normal. Is there anything uh, to help? Yeah, sounds like he has long hauler or long COVID. Um, he definitely needs a thorough workup. I would probably do a Cleveland heart on him, check his thyroid, his iron stores, his inflammatory markers, his vitamin levels, see what his MTHFR gene looks like. Um, I would use Flonase. I would use zinc for the, the taste and smell. Um, certainly... Um, I would use, this is one patient that I'll use ivermectin on. Um, I would use 
NAC in acetylcysteine. I would use high dose omega threes. Um, there should be, there's a lot of stuff you can do, um, kind of for long haulers. Um, gosh, I've seen, I saw several today. I saw a lot of new COVID patients as well. And I saw, I think three vaccine injuries today. Mm. One of them was pretty serious, uh, developed a, a six nerve palsy, um, where she couldn't not, when you do these rap, these eye movements, she could not uh, abduct her eye past 90 degrees. So, um, seen multiple doctors for it. Nobody has any answers. Um, sometimes it just takes a little time, but I'd certainly use all the long COVID protocol that we use. I saw another um, fairly young female, I guess the 30s, uh, with POTS syndrome uh, post COVID. Uh, vaccine and certainly treated her with um, a medicine. Uh, is, is this kind of called evabradine? Is this something similar to what you put them on? Uh, just the, this this type of protocol? Um, those are just the vitamins. Okay. Uh, but I put them on uh, some other stuff like ivermectin, and uh, it just depends on the symptoms. Like for POTS, I use a lot of uh, for the tachycardia they get. I use a lot of evabradine, which uh, slows their heart rate down without being a beta blocker uh, that makes you so tired. Um, so, yeah, a lot of weird cases today. Um, well, I, I, uh, I got another um, I got another COVID question that just came in over email. Uh, thank you, thank you for that. So I'm just going to read this uh, if that's okay with you. Um, versus uh, type it in. Um, this came in just now, three months post-COVID, very little smell and taste, been continuing the pre-COVID protocol and added Flonase and Ivermectin twice a week at 15 milligrams each. How much Flonase do I need to use and do I need to add anything else to help bring it back? Um, certainly just one squirt up each nostril twice a day on the Flonase. Um, and... Um, of course, NAC, you should add NAC and higher dose omega-3s, maybe on that protocol. Um, maybe L-arginine uh, will help. A lot of it depends on the, the, uh, the symptoms. Um, There's a Dr. Salmon's comment. Seems Mapello, Pinella uh, by Nutramedics. I think we went over a, a few of those in the, in the podcast. Uh, uh, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Dr. Sammons, but I think we okay. went over some of those. But that's interesting. It could help with some of the vax injuries. Um, thank yeah. you for that. And uh, thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll look into that. And I'd encourage people to pay attention to to her comments tonight. We're so thankful that she's here. Uh, that's so cool. Thank you, uh, Dr. Sammons, for hanging out with us tonight. Um, okay, so that does it for the for the questions that came in uh, throughout the week. Thank you uh, for those everybody who's who's done that and. Uh, thank you guys for, for hanging out with us a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, I, I see, you know, uh, let's see, Evangelon, Evangelon realized it. I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, we're normally at seven. We had to do six 30. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna make this the best show ever for you guys. Uh, because we had to, Evangelon, I'll tell you why we had to do it early tonight is because my niece won the state tennis championship, um, recently and they're honoring her tonight yeah. at the basketball game at our high school basketball so i told her i would be there so that's why we're kind of <clears throat> going a little bit early she's going to get her ring for that yes month. so that's so cool so we did come on a little early but 
Ben, am I blurry? You're blurry to me. You're blurry to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, I can reset if you want. Uh, guys in the comments, can is 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 Doc blurry to you guys? He's blurry to me on my end, um, but uh, that could just be um, me. Um, I probably look better a little blurry, don't I? I mean, <laughs> uh, Gina says yes. You're you are blurry. Um, yes, okay. Linda. Linda confirms. All right, you let me re, let me redo it. <laughs> Uh, we've been having some uh, some internet uh, troubles uh, the last couple of weeks. Thank you, Corey. Um, I, I was thinking he was a little blurry, but I wasn't sure uh, if you guys were seeing the same thing. Uh, he'll be back here in just a minute. Um, gosh, thank you guys for for hanging out. We're gonna we're gonna get into to questions here as uh, soon as he gets back. I'm gonna put this up. Uh, Tracy, thank you for for being here tonight. Um, the funny thing, the reason I bring this up is, uh, when I first started to, uh, to, to work at performance medicine, uh, you wouldn't believe how many times I got called Dr. Rogers and I am in, uh, you guys can tell you, you guys know as well as anybody, uh, with the way I pronounce some of these words. Um, I am no doctor. Um, so, uh, it's just funny seeing, uh, the doctor next to my name, even though you said, and Ben, but, uh, but that is a, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. A lot of people have, uh, have thought I was a doctor and I, I feel kind of bad about it. Um, okay. Doc, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Is that better? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of, you're kind of <clears throat> in and out, but, but, uh, the main thing is, is the answers. Um, so, uh, so hopefully people are, are kind of, you know, doing something around. Maybe blurry because I'm drinking this gluten-free beer. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe not, but I am drinking a gluten-free beer. Well, there you go. I rarely drink beer, but if I do, it's Krabby's beer. It's a gluten-free beer. It does have a little bit of alcohol in it, but um, it's the only kind of beer I drink. Uh, it's it's but blurry, just maybe like that's why I'm blurry. Blurry, just like your state of mind right now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in uh, the holiday spirit. Okay? There you go. There you go. I have a I have a a funny feeling. The next two shows. Uh, uh, tonight and and next week we're we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, we might be having uh, some sort of uh, beverage during the show next week. Uh, I can uh, I can almost anticipate. Uh, speaking of that, That's right. we'll, prob- we'll probably be together next week. We will. And, and Barbara's asking, what's the best cure for a hangover? I think <clears throat> that's actually a great well, question. Barbara likes to hang out down in those bars in Florida, and so they drink pretty heavily down there. I'm pretty sure she likes to dance at those places. But, uh, but really, I, we have an anti-alcohol vitamin that works really well. It has, um, it actually has knack in it, and it has selenium, and it has zinc and milk thistle. It's called anti-alcohol. Mm-hmm. So some people will. We'll take that to prevent a hangover and even to treat a hangover. Now, sometimes we'll do an IV. Uh, they call it a banana bag the next day to get, get over a hangover. But um, you should pick up some uh, anti-alcohol made by Life Extension. It works really well. Uh, some people, if they're going to be out drinking, you, you know, you shouldn't probably drink more than one drink per hour. But you, if you take one of these every time you take a drink per hour, uh, you you're probably not going to get inebriated too much with it and also it'll prevent hangovers. That's a nice little formula. That's actually really interesting. Uh, I have to put this up. So, so Anna thought it, it might've been her wine uh, as a reason that, that you were, <laughs> that you were coming up blurry. 
Uh, I love that. Thank you. I probably look better after a few glasses of wine. <laughs> yes. You drink the wine. <laughs> uh, and uh, I have a feeling, I have a feeling this is, um, this might be for a, a hangover. I, I could be wrong. I, I can't see yeah. uh, what's the, if, if that's where the comment is going on the. I'm on sure the, that's what she's talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, I certainly have some activated charcoal around the house. That's a good thing to have around your house in case, in case you get food poisoning or you happen to travel to Mexico. Uh, you always ought to have some activated charcoal around. And of course, liposomal glutathione is great. And B complex is also good. And that, uh, that's a good little point. It sounds like Denise has been there herself, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, and for the I don't know if she drinks, but for the people in, on on YouTube, uh, Denise is our resident naturopath, uh, naturopath uh, tonight. So thank you to Denise Samus for hanging out. Uh, you're going to get a lot of. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to put her comments uh, on the screen so the YouTubers can uh, can see uh, what she's saying. Um, okay, let's get to. Uh, Lisa here, 59-year-old female. Why would her testosterone level be 188 to 200 all the time at every lab draw? You know, most common reason, if you're not taking testosterone, um, you know, is PCOS. I mean, that could definitely uh, cause a high testosterone. Also, it can cause a high insulin level. It's a metabolic disorder. You should come in and get a Cleveland panel and let us look at all your hormones, all your insulin resistance numbers. Um, so I'm interested if you have had PCOS in the past. And also if you're taking DHEA, that can pop your, um, your testosterone levels a little high, especially in women. You know, I don't really like women taking more than about 15 milligrams of that. Um, they take too much of it to start losing their hair. Remember, Hair loves estrogen, but it's not too fond of testosterone. Hmm. So, you know, in some women, I'll put them on Sol Palmetto. And sometimes if it's really bad, I'll even put them on a little prescription finasteride, that drug we use for men's prostates. Uh, it's a DHT blocker, so, so hydrotestosterone. So, Doc, it seems she Okay, is I'm a diabetic and you have PCOS. That's the reason you have high testosterone. You need to uh, come in and let you... Let us treat it. We, we love to treat that. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, it's PCOS, very treatable condition. Um, it's not your fault that you have that. Just uh, need to get in for treatment. There's several treatments we have for it. All right. Uh, and also, and, uh, uh, Lisa, we, we didn't explain this video on PCOS with uh, Robin Riddle, our nurse practitioner in Knoxville. Um, that kind of goes into a lot of these details on PCOS. Uh, so that's on YouTube if you want to check that out. Um, Linda uh, says, uh, Merry Christmas, Linda. Uh, are there any supplements that help with nausea? Um, yeah, of course, ginger is one of my favorites mm. that, that help with nausea. Um, and, of course, uh, you could always use a prescription medicine. Zofran is, is a good one. Um, that you can use sublingually, and I'm sure uh, Dr. Sammons has a few other ones that uh, will help nausea, but I think ginger is my favorite supplement. There's also a lot of um, um, uh, oils that will help, um, essential oils that help nausea. I can't, and there's one more that, that I've used in the past. I can't think of the name of it. 
Uh, slippery elm. I'll use that sometimes for it. But huh. Denise probably has some great little other supplements you can use uh, for that. And, uh, uh, let's see here. It seems she good had, question, Linda. Uh, this is what uh, Denise is saying. Ginger, liposomal glutathione uh, to clear liver. Um, and peppermint, peppermint oil. Um, yeah, peppermint. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Super great cool. Great one. Thank I have you. some of that, that in my house is, is too. It's great. All right. Thank you for that, Denise. Thank you for that question, uh, Linda. Um, all right. Uh, Gina asked, I'm hearing more about RSV. I've heard it's more common in children, but am hearing more about adults getting it. What would your treatment be? Respiratory syncytial virus. Uh, one of my PAs had it about a month ago, and um, it, it was actually more, he was more symptomatic uh, by far than I was with COVID. Uh, it's usually a, an illness you see in kids. It's like a bad case of the flu, a lot of upper and lower respiratory symptoms. Um, <clears throat> there is a test you can get for it through a nasal swab, of course. Um, but treatment is, you know, mostly symptomatic. You know, I think ivermectin helps it too. And I think all the high, that, that uh, vitamin protocol we use for COVID, I think works pretty well. Uh, but, um, Denise may have a few things she can add to that as well on RSV. But yeah, we're seeing more of it in adults, and you know it can get you can get sick with that. Yeah. You really can. Um, it's almost like getting a bad case of the flu. Um, so you know now with Omicron, nobody's asked me about that tonight. But uh, uh, cannabis, yeah, great point. Uh, thank Keto you. Bandito, why do you think I'm opening up an office in Bristol, Virginia, not Tennessee? <laughs> We're opening up our office in a couple of weeks in Bristol, Virginia. I have a place right on State Street that I'm renting, and it's on the Virginia side. Um, <laughs> and certainly because of cannabis, uh, if you can't guess. But uh, heck yeah, there's a lot of uses for that. Um, thank you for, for that guys. All right. I'm going to put up a Nola's question here. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, okay. Nebulized uh, hydrogen peroxide from Denise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and silver, silver, something that I use, of course. Um, and anytime you get a, a respiratory virus, whether it be COVID or RSV or anything, you can certainly squirt the, the, uh, betadine solution, um, in your nose and throat. Um, that helps a lot, um, as well. All right, let's no. get up uh, Nola's question here. Um, all right, uh, wondering if, uh, Nola, I hope your husband's doing great. I, I know you mentioned a question about him last week. Hope he's doing wonderful and feeling better. Um, Nola's question is, wondering if Dr. Rogers has an alternative natural option for anticoagulation after COVID. My SSRI is contraindicated with aspirin. Uh, is turmeric um, suitable? I like turmeric. I'm not sure it's a potent enough anticoagulant. I would use natokinase. Um, there's a couple. The other one is kind of a fib fibrinolytic enzyme. I forget the brand name on it, but certainly my favorite is natokinase. I think Denise may have one that she likes even better than that. It seems like I heard say that one time man i'm glad she's here tonight. i know this is so cool yeah. this is so cool tonight is the is the night to ask a, a an herbal medicine question for sure um so if if denise uh, looks like let's see lumbro kind that's the one yeah there okay. we go 
Um, yeah. Thank you for, for that, Noah, and thank you for, for that, Dr. Sammons. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to uh, Kay Shaw. Um, do you recommend getting surgery for a minor ACL tear? Had a few consultations and deferring uh, recommendations. Depends on the age and, you know, your athletic abilities and aspirations. Certainly if you're older, then I, I probably wouldn't. Um, but certainly if you're a young athlete, you might think about it. But, um, and again, it depends on how minor it is. You know, I do a lot of sports medicine. I'm board certified in it. And we see a lot of ACL tears on the football field. Most of them, of course, we get repaired. Um, but uh, just depends on how bad it is, how old you are, and um, if you have any other meniscal problems with it and, and how stable the knee is. Um, so I would say age and the extent of the tear, if just a partial, you could probably do fine without, without going in there and, and fixing it. Um, great question. All right. Thank you for that. Um, let's see here. Lori on Facebook asked with, um, with someone who's on, uh, on blood thinner and gets INR checked regularly on, uh, and last time checked in normal range. Um, today was 4.2, no change in meds or diet. What could be a cause of it being thin? Well, you know, you need to check protimes or INRs if you're on a blood thinner called Coumadin. And that's out, a little bit out of range. It's, it's a little thin. It could be something you ate. I mean, that's the thing about Coumadin. That's, that's just a harsh medicine to have to take. Um, I had a patient today who, who is on it, and I added testosterone and told him he's going to really have to watch his INRs because testosterone can affect it. But so a lot of foods, especially green leafy vegetables, can affect it. Um, uh, and sometimes you just can't explain it. It bumps around all the time. I'd repeat it, you know, and just see what the next one turns out. And sometimes your metabolism may change and you may be able to, to lower the dose a little bit. Um, sounds like what you need to do, but check it again. And hopefully you're not actively bleeding too much. But, um, you know, cumin or warfarin is, is a tough medicine. Nowadays, if there's any way you can get on one of the newer ones like Eliquis, you know, you'd be better off. Um, certainly Berlinta and there's a few others, but uh, you probably have AFib or something where you have to um, be on one. Maybe you had a pulmonary embolus or a DVT, uh, but certainly recheck it and um, see. And I'd say dietary changes, unless you've taken a medicine that could have affected it uh, recently. Uh, and even the timing of when you take the cumin and when you get the, the blood test may factor in a little bit. So, uh, all so right. So, so Mark on YouTube asks, um, are you familiar with the use of EDTA for COVID treatments? Uh, any thoughts on it used and its efficacy? I did read an article recently about that, Mark. And, um, yeah, you know, something I take EDTA is, is an, is a chelator. <clears throat> you can certainly, I just take the oral form of it. Um, but you, you know, the, you can certainly do it IV in, in Tennessee. It's a little more difficult to use it here because of the laws. There may be some ways to skirt around that, but anyway, um, but yeah, the reports are really good for using EDTA with COVID treatment. Um, 
supposed to be pretty efficacious um, for COVID. Um, the mechanism's kind of a kind of a weird biochemical reaction. Um, I don't have the paper sitting right here with me, but um, you can certainly look into it and do some research on that. But yeah, I haven't, of course, I haven't used it for that, but um, wouldn't hesitate at all um, uh, because the calcium interacts with one of the stages of, of uh, COVID, the early stages. And um, I don't know if it has to do with that fern cleavage site or what, but um I'm not going to get into the biochemistry because it's really complex how that works. Um, but uh, yeah, it was maybe a promising treatment. Uh, Dr. Salmon said the Quicksilver Scientific makes a liposomal form of EDTA that is highly effective with no prescription needed. Uh, thank you for for that, uh, Dr. Salmon. Want to make sure the YouTube people can see that. Um, okay, let's see okay. here. Um, where am I at? Where am I at? Uh, uh, Anna uh, asked about the, the COVID protocol post on Instagram. Uh, I just actually looked that up, Anna, and that is the uh, COVID protocol while you uh, test positive for COVID is the one we posted. And we do have a, a uh, long hauler um, little graphic out. And I'll go ahead and just I'll post this. Let's see if I can find it. This is what <coughs> she's uh, talking about. Is that... Uh, uh, that's we, treatment. That's treatment. Yeah. Okay. That's treatment. And yeah. I'll I'll get rid of the see the comment there so for people can see. Uh, we'll we'll make sure everybody can see that. Um, I also use L-arginine. L-arginine's not in there, but I have uh, started using L-arginine too on a routine basis with COVID, and I think it really helps. And um, we will we'll add that. So add uh, in your in your uh, in your heads, guys. Uh, add L-arginine uh, to that. Um, we will make sure that gets into the the next graphic here. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Marjorie asks, how do you feel about the COVID vaccine on people with heart issues or AFib? I don't feel great about the COVID vaccine at all. <laughs> it's not for all. Um, you know, uh, you know so I'm not against it totally for maybe people that are in nursing homes are real elderly or morbidly obese. And, you know, um, so I'm not totally against it. Um, but for healthy people, especially healthy person under 50, in my opinion, this is my opinion, I always get heat for this, but they don't need it. Um, certainly kids, there's no way I would vaccinate my kid. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about that too, but, I mean, what other vaccine not only does not cause, prevent you from getting it, probably half the people, the last person I treated tonight was fully vaccinated, got half COVID. So it doesn't prevent you from getting it, and it doesn't prevent you from transmitting it either. So why don't you give it to a kid if you're worried about the kid giving it to elderly people? I mean, in my opinion, you want your kid to get COVID so they'll get over it and have probable lifetime immunity for it from it. But um, that's, that's very controversial. Um, uh, I'm certainly not one of those that agrees with everything Dr. Fauci says. Uh, matter of fact, uh, he's so mealy mouth and, and changes his mind so much. You don't know what to believe with him, but, um, but anyway, so, uh, 
Um, you me put that question back up. We got another. You got another question on here now. Well, so did you? Uh, um, here, here it is. Just look at the risk fact. Just look at the risk factors. Um, you know, getting COVID and all. And now with this Omicron variant out there, this is really weird because six days ago it was estimated that three percent of the COVID in the United States was Delta. Now today, you mean, six you, days you mean, later, you mean Omicron? No, it was three percent Omicron six days ago. The rest right. of it was Delta. Yeah. Right. Now, six days later, it's seventy-five percent Omicron. In six days, now how they figure that out, I don't know. Especially with home testing, etc. You know, I don't know how they are doing the serology. I guess there's just big centers and big cities are checking this on, but. Um, but anyway, it's pretty amazing. And the thing about Omicron, you know, so far, I think it's only killed one person that's documented and they may not even died of COVID, but, um, certainly the reports out of South Africa, um, are positive because it's very mild. It's like a cold for a couple days, highly contagious, more contagious, um, but, Sounds like it's much less virulent, virulent. Not even supposed to get in your lungs. And it apparently doesn't affect taste or smell, so it's not getting in your brain um, through the olfactory tract. But I, I suspect in the next two weeks, you're really going to know more about it. You know, lots unknown about it so far, but, um, you know, they're, of course, pushing everybody to get the booster to, to prevent you from getting Omicron. You know, I really don't think we're going to vax our way out of this. That's my opinion. Um, I just don't. Uh, you know, you're going to have another mutation and another one and another one and another one. And hopefully it'll get less virulent as it goes on and it'll kind of burn out. It'll be a seasonal cold. Um, but the, the idea is to keep your own immune system healthy so you can fight off. Uh, and now we have early treatment, of course, with the monoclonals, which I got dramatic. Um, and there's even an oral one coming out that may or may not be effective. We don't know yet, uh, but there's certainly other good early treatments. Um, if you want to listen to a good summary of COVID, go listen to Joe Rogan's podcast with Dr. Peter McCullough last week. Mm -hmm. It's on it's on Spotify. I love it because Spotify, they don't censor anything. Everybody else does. They jerk it off. But go listen to, to Joe Rogan and Dr. Peter McCullough. It's about three hours, but it is so worth it to listen to that. Um, you, you'll kind of be reassured a lot, and uh, you'll be given a lot of information from one of the most esteemed cardiologists, epidemiologists. Of course, he's getting vilified in the mainstream press right now, but I mean, this guy is very qualified. He's done more research papers than about any, almost any doctor in America. So he's very uh, qualified to talk about this. And of course, he's treating a ton of it as well. Um, it's kind of become his mission, uh, I think. But, uh, you know, people that go against the grain get vilified, and, you know, and uh, they go listen to that podcast. It's very good. Very good. And that so is the, I hope I answered that. Um, so Joe Rogan podcast with Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, let's see here. It shouldn't, that definitely shouldn't be hard to find. Uh, I think a lot of people have already checked that out. Um, Shelly asks, what do you recommend to put on an incision for knee replacement to promote good healing? 
Um, you know, if it's infected, if you're worried about infection, I like Bactroban as a prescription uh, antibiotic ointment. But, um, you know, if you put a lot of the derm in the plastics, you use uh, Vaseline. I prefer the form that doesn't have a lot of petroleum in it. Um, but, um, you know, there's, you could put Silvadine on there, um, you know, which is, uh, silver. We like silver. Um, Dr. Sammons may have some ideas about that as well. Um, some people put vitamin E on there. Um, but anyway. All right. And she's got one more question here I want to get to. Uh, should pellet insertion site ever cause discomfort the following day after placement? Uh, asking for someone who went to a different doc. Yeah, I was thinking they must not come to our place because we don't <laughs> cause pain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes you may have a little bruising or soreness afterwards. You can't totally prevent that. But, um, you know, it's a very easy procedure, especially for women. Men, we have to put bigger pellets in and a little more bruising and things. But... Um, it may, you know, you can certainly use some, first we, we give everybody an ice pack and you can take some anti-inflammatories if you wanted, but, um, you know, you gotta watch it, watch it for infection. Um, I've certainly, we've done so many thousands of pellets. I've seen a, a few of them work their way back and be spit out. That's not, that's rare, but I've seen it. Um, but so it's not unusual. You, you, you've had a little minor trauma with the insertion there. So that's not too unusual, but if it gets too red or looks bad, need to, needs to be looked at. Um, uh, Dr. Sammons uh, mentioned, this is, uh, around the, uh, healing of a, of a wound, I believe was the, the question. Um, I think it was a wound. Uh, but this is just a natural, uh, electrodermal lymphatic therapy is also excellent to promote healing. Argentin 23 silver gel topically. Um, thank you for, for that. Uh, closed chronic wounds with lymphatic. That is wild. The first, um, the first outside the box episode we did with mm -hmm. Dr. Sammons mm -hmm. talks a lot about uh, that type of therapy. Um, if you guys want to want to check that out. Um, okay, let's see uh, where we are. We got we're going to take a few more guys and then we got to let Doc go. Um, Edna says a family member is having high blood pressure problems. He is on four blood pressure meds a day in addition to a pill for diabetes to protect his kidneys, but nothing is helping. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, sounds like severe hypertension. Uh, there could be some other factors going on. I'd certainly want to get, um, you know, to rule out some of the other things like uh, renal artery stenosis. Uh, if they haven't had that done, it's, an ultrasound of your renal arteries to see if they're um, blocked, which can certainly cause malignant hypertension. Um, you know, the other thing you, you got to rule out a pheochromocytoma, um, you know, an adrenal tumor. Th those are not, you know, they're kind of rare, but if, if it's not being controlled and they're compliant with those medications, then uh, you got to look a little further. Certainly I would definitely come in for something like a Cleveland panel and, uh, because that's, a, that's four blood pressure medicines is quite a bit. Um, something's going on there. Plus diabetes, you gotta, you gotta make sure that that patient's not going to have a heart attack or a stroke, but it deserves to have a more thorough workup probably. 
All right. Thank you for, for that question. Edna, uh, we're going to get to Linda here. I've read that a diet higher in lysine than arginine is better for COVID pre- prevention and treatment. Your thoughts? Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, you know, I certainly take L-lysine. It's a really good uh, immune modulator, um, especially for people that have canker sores or cold sores in their mouth. But it's overall good for immunity. Um, L-arginine is more of a vasodilator, um, but uh, whether one's better than the other, um, I would say lysine is better for prevention, uh, and arginine is good when you get it. That's kind of what I would think about that. Um, speaking of L-arginine, do you take the L-arginine when you have COVID or take along with other preventative protocol? I add it when you have COVID. Now, a lot of people use it as a pre-workout, you know, L-arginine or ornithine or citrulline. Um, It helps you release nitric oxide. But so a lot of people take it chronically. But um, I've found that it it definitely um, helps COVID uh, when you add it. All right. So um, let's get to – we're going to get to Mark's question, then we're going to have to – uh, let Doc uh, get to that game. Um, so what Mark is saying here, I'm going to put this up. It's just an interesting healthcare question. Uh, several U.S. states are facing a collapse of this healthcare system. Even with $175 billion in bailouts, hospitals are facing cash shortages. Um, bankruptcy lawyers are preparing for, for a surge in fillings. Um, let's see, he goes on to say... Several U.S. states are facing a... Cl- oh, that's the same... Okay, As a, and, there, and, and there's a question... Yeah. Um, as a former hospital doc, do you see a collapse happening? What measures would you suggest to prevent uh, a collapse? Um, that's, a, that's a loaded question. Maybe that um, having all this COVID stuff and all the money they make from a COVID patient will prevent the collapse. So maybe we need more COVID. <laughs> Now, what you don't want to do is go to the hospital with COVID. And that's the last place you want to be. So you may have to go there, uh, but you want to stay out of there with early treatment. So, um, yeah, I mean, the hospitals are in bad shape, um, even with all this money we have all over the place. Um, you know, it, it seems like, from my opinion, you know, uh, being a healthcare provider and growing up with this and, um I also have an MBA, uh, so I look at the business of medicine quite a bit. And, of course, I have my own business, um, you know. But, um, you know, that's a really good question. You know, it may be that a lot of the smaller hospitals will have to close like they, they've been closing because they just can't have all the things that you need to work somebody up. I mean, if you go to the hospital – really to, you know, they're going bankrupt because um, they have to charge too much and they don't get that. I mean, uh, just the, there's no, there's really no transparency as to what it's worth for you to go in the hospital. So they have to really ramp up the, the, the prices of everything. I mean, you know, they'll charge you, you know, $30 for a Tylenol pill. It's unbelievable what they charge. So um, if somebody doesn't have insurance, they're going to be really 
uh, stuck with a huge bill or go bankrupt. The, the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States is from health care bills. So there's got to be a better system. You know, doctors are afraid. You go in the ER, the doc's afraid of getting sued if he doesn't run a CAT scan on somebody with a headache. You know, so a lot of it's they practice defensive medicine. They're scared because they're going to get sued if they miss something. And, um, you know, the hospitals have to charge enormous sums of money. Uh, and right now it's terrible because they, they can't, one out of five healthcare workers in America are quitting because of COVID, either burnout or um, they're scared of getting COVID themselves or, you know, they just totally burned out on the, on the whole system. They see the discrepancies in it and the, the terrible things or they don't want to get a vaccine. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of things that contribute to that, you know, and uh, certainly we are in a crisis with our healthcare system. There's no doubt about it. Um, I wish I could remember this book. I'll try to post that for you, Mark. And it's a great book written by a, um, actually a Harvard internist that, uh, um, became a journalist and uh, worked in the ERs for years and just a brilliant, uh, brilliant physician. And she talks a lot about this whole system and the inevitable collapse. So something has to change, um, whether it be tort reform and, uh, you know, because people are using ERs and hospitals as, for their primary care. They're not paying the primary care docs enough so you can't get into a primary care doctor. You go to the ER where the bill is going to be about 10 times higher for just a routine cold or something. So we've got to keep people out of the hospitals. Um, and I think it's going to lead to shrinkage of the number of hospitals um, that there are. But that, that's a, it's a great question. And, yeah, it's, it's very scary. It's scary what's happened to our local hospital system. Yeah. Um, it really is with all the consolidations and and all. It's not like it used to be. So uh, great question. Though. Yeah. Great question. Uh, well said there. Um, this is a, this is in response to, uh, I believe the, uh, lysine and arginine question. Just so the people, um, on YouTube can see what Dr. Sammons is, is saying there. And then I'm going to get to, we're going to get to one more question with, uh, great comment with uh with nola um do you believe a person has lifetime immunity after covid recovery or are we susceptible uh when new variants uh come along nobody knows for sure but if you listen to dr mccullough who's an esteemed researcher and that's what he believes that you, you probably have lifetime immunity through that t-cell immunity memory t-cells that kind of hide out in your bone marrow so um but you know people have colds every year a lot of them do so uh, I don't, th I think we don't know yet, you know, so I can't say for sure, but um, I would lean more towards that way, at least against the variants that we've seen so far, but we're going to get other viruses that come along that are different. And so the main point is keep your own immune system healthy. You have all those T and B cells and interferon and natural killer cells. You got all this stuff. God gave you all this great stuff to fight off infections. And, you know, we weren't meant to succumb to them. Um, we're just so um, out of shape, overweight, stressed out, not sleeping, nutrient deficient. And, and that's why that's why COVID's killing so many people. 
Um, so hope that helps. Uh, Nola, thank you for that. Uh, Doc, we're going to uh, let you get out of here and get to the game. Um, and what we'll do, if I, if I didn't get to your question, um, we got some more questions coming in. We'll get those to uh, first uh, first up next week. We will be back uh, Tuesday. I believe we're going to do it 7. Um, if, if not, yes. we will, um, yeah. we'll let you guys know earlier. Uh, but it, it seems I'm getting some feedback that it'll be at 7. Uh, so, Doc, we're going to let you go. Uh, thanks so much for hanging thanks, out. Phil. And uh, and we'll see you next time. Uh, this is a um, this is the the show we did with Dr. Sammons, who's been in the comments. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Denise, for hanging out with us. Uh, this was the outside the box episode, um, and then of course the Common Sense MD that was out today. Depression around the holidays, and then let's see, we got a few more antibiotics in the gut, which is a fascinating. Explain this episode with uh, Robin Riddle. Um, talking about how to keep your uh, gut healthy while taking an antibiotic. And then, of course, uh, my good friend Jamie Winship. Uh, we did an amazing, uh, just, a, just a fun conversation about hope. Um, and and I, don't think, I don't think there's a better time uh, to watch uh, this episode with, with Jamie than, uh, than right now. So, so thank you, team, for putting that up. Um, and if, uh, let's see here, uh, if you guys, uh, oh, we're, we're, we're there we go. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, if you guys have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, all of those videos are housed uh, on our YouTube channel. We keep kind of a, a library of content there uh, around all uh, all sorts of topics around you know health and wellness. So we really appreciate you guys checking that out and subscribing. Um, but that's been our show. We're going to get off here. We really appreciate y'all hanging out. Uh, I love you guys for uh, for hanging out with us. The great comments. The great questions. Being here every Tuesday, that means so much to me. Uh, seeing the comments there, please subscribe. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, next Tuesday, we will be back. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. Get some rest, relax, be with family. Uh, I hope everybody just has uh, a blessed uh, and wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.